I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. America's Voice of Reason. Boyd Matheson on Utah's home for elevated conversation. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. We often look to the Congressional Budget Office to come out with the actual numbers and force Congress to do the math and show their work. The Congressional Budget Office is saying that over the next decade we will add twenty trillion more dollars to the debt. And it's not a revenue problem. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, it's always a privilege to have Brian Riedel on the show with us. He's a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute, and he helps us understand and break down the numbers behind the numbers and what it all actually means. Uh, Of course, the CBO, uh, the official scorekeeper uh, that talks about budgets and really forces members of Congress and the White House to do the math and to show their work, uh, has projected some things that uh, should have us all a little bit concerned and change the conversation. And Brian, uh, you you had a great, uh, not just a tweet storm, but a chart storm, because you always got the visuals there to help us break it all down. Uh, But give us a a sense. What is it that the the CBO is saying? Here we have a a baseline budget for the first time in uh, a long time. Uh, what is it telling us? That the bill is coming due, not only for Social Security and Medicare, but for all the legislation we've had passed, all the expensive bailout bills, all the trillion-dollar omnibus bills. The bill is coming now. Uh, the Congressional Budget Office projects that the baseline budget deficit will jump to nearly $3 trillion a year in, te- uh, in a decade. Now, you'll remember that before the pandemic, the deficit was about seven or $800 billion. And the pandemic spiked it, but that was temporary for the pandemic. But we're going from what had been seven or eight hundred billion to three trillion. And that's the rosy scenario. That assumes the twenty seventeen tax cuts expire. It assumes no wars, no recessions, no new spending programs, and low interest rates on the debt. So the rosiest scenario is three trillion dollars in deficits. Overall, over ten years, the CBO projects we're gonna add twenty trillion dollars to the national debt. So the national debt's about $30 trillion right now. We're going to add $20 trillion just in the next 10 years. Wow. Uh, and I want to go back. You, you, you ran through something uh, in terms of the rosy scenarios <laughs> that I just think we need to pause and, and just uh, – so, so you're saying this, this projection, which adding uh, that much to the debt over the next decade uh, is scary in and of itself. Uh, but you said that was assuming – uh, no wars, good peace, prosperity, low interest rates, the tax cuts expire, uh, and then the world is nice and rosy. Uh, I don't know if any of those are on the docket uh, as we look forward. Oh, this is as good as it gets. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, 
this is, I mean, usually the Congressional Budget Office doesn't predict what Congress is going to do. They give them the baseline of if you do nothing else, here's what it's going to look like. And then Congress builds on top of that. And you know, having seen Congress like I do, that they always add more spending, they cut more taxes, you're going to have a recession here, there might be a little military skirmish there. And what's most scary is they assume that interest rates stay low. And when you're pushing the national debt to $50 trillion, it doesn't take much of an interest rate increase to kill your your annual payment on on that. Each point that interest rates rise is going to cost $2.5 trillion over the decade in higher interest costs. So, yeah, these scary numbers are as good as it gets. (laughs) Yikes. Okay, so let's let's hit a couple of uh, drill-down points. Um, well, I want to come back to Social Security and Medicare because that's becoming just the scare tactic conversation. So I'll come back to that in a second. Uh, but I want to start with something that you have pointed out a number of times and I think is so important. Uh, you talked about tax revenue uh, and that they're really not the, the near-term problem. Break that down for us. Yeah, I mean, if you, tax revenues are a trillion dollars higher than they were before the pandemic, And that's after adjusting for inflation. So it's not just a matter of, well, of course, revenues are higher. It's inflation. Revenues have jumped a trillion dollars a year um, above where we were, or a trillion dollars per year above where we were during the pandemic. They're a trillion dollars higher now. As a percentage of the economy, this past year, we had the highest income tax burden in American history as a share of the economy and the second highest overall tax burden in history. The result is revenues are way above average. And they're going to stay above average as a share of the economy. Revenues aren't the problem. There is no revenue decline. We're collecting a bigger share of national income than we have than almost any point in history. Why do we have deficits going to $3 trillion? Because spending is going to its highest level in American history outside of the peaks of World War II and the pandemic. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Wow. Uh, and so that's such an important thing because we always say, oh, we just need to tax more, tax more. We're, we're bringing in more tax revenue than than almost at any point in history, both in terms of just number and percentage. Uh, yep. and so so now let's get to the, the issue that uh, really has become the fake fight and the false choice, in my opinion, and that is Social Security and Medicare. And uh, yep. we know that they're uh, going up at a, at a crazy rate, an unsustainable rate. Uh, and so we do have to have a conversation about it. It's not a let's push grandma and grandpa off the cliff conversation, uh, but it's if we do nothing, uh, then we're really going to hurt grandma and grandpa, especially grandma and grandpa who may be uh, poor or most vulnerable. They're going to get hurt the most in all of this. So so where does a rational, 
reasonable conversation about Social Security and Medicare begin? Probably not in Washington. (laughs) (laughs) It begins Uh, on this show, Brian. We're going to start it right here, right now. You're on. (laughs) (laughs) President Biden already said during the State of the Union that there will never be any changes to Social Security and Medicare. He also said no tax hikes for anyone earning under 400000 That's impossible. Because if you don't fix Social Security and Medicare, you have to double middle-class taxes to pay for it. Taxing the rich, cutting defense, cutting welfare, cutting foreign aid ain't going to do it. But Washington doesn't want to talk about this because of the pandering. And so, you know, I don't know how we get the country back on track on this. My fear is that you're going to need a debt crisis to get people to focus on the deficit and Social Security and Medicare driving the deficit because – As a country, we just can't get our act together to focus on this stuff until we have an external problem drive us into a fiscal crisis, and then we'll talk about it. I'm I'm actually pretty cynical right now because the worse the deficit gets, the more politicians adamantly say we will not fix this. Yeah, uh, and that is uh, that is the issue. Uh, uh, And both sides are saying, look, we're we're not going to have this conversation uh, about it. Is there, uh, as we march obviously towards the the need to raise the debt ceiling, uh, which we know now is going to be somewhere around July, uh, mm-hmm. and, and all of this talk of extraordinary, extraordinary, super extraordinary measures, <laughs> we keep redefining all the terms like, you know, super core index we have now, which takes out yeah. everything that impacts inflation. So there is no inflation. We should feel better about that today. <laughs> but are we are we marching towards this July showdown is there – I keep saying it's not a real panic button because something's just going to happen in the end. But will something happen in the end that will actually start any of these conversations that we've been talking about? So I think something will happen that raises the debt limit, although I get a little nervous when members of Congress are so confident that something will happen that they don't actually make something happen. Right, because <laughs> uh, they can but, talk about you know, it. It's going to happen because we're counting on them to make it happen. Um, Ultimately, I think we will raise the debt limit because we always have before, even if we we scare ourselves in the process. But the danger is I'm less and less confident that this is actually going to bring a real day of reckoning with our fiscal numbers. You know, we used to agree on this in the 80s and 90s. We'd raise the debt limit and almost always attach reforms. And we ended up with a balanced budget in 98. Mm. And now that's just not where lawmakers are. So I'm just – I think we'll raise the debt limit, but if you were hoping that it would actually cause, you know, a day of reckoning, I, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I agree, sadly. And uh, this is one of those that, uh, again, I don't think it's going to start inside of Washington, as you pointed out, Brian. It's going to be uh, up to the we the people uh, to make it very clear that the time is now that we can't wait until the crisis because that ends up uh, hurting those most vulnerable the most in the end. Uh, great insight, great analysis. Everyone, you should check out uh, Brian's uh, tweet storm and chart storm, uh, which gives you a real great visual in terms of, of where we are. Brian, I know this is a super busy day for you. Uh, always appreciate your perspective. Brian Riedel is a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute and one of the best minds when it comes to dollars and cents and where we are as a country in the country. Uh, thanks for joining us, Brian. Thank you so much. So important as we look at these numbers, and I know the numbers are head spinning. I know they're staggering. I know we have $30 trillion in debt. We're on our way to $50 trillion. Uh, We have annual deficits that continue to pile up. We have things to deal with. We have challenges all the way around. But here's what we have to think again about, beyond all the headline stuff, beyond the politics of it. And that is, when the president says he won't negotiate, 
And when Republicans say they won't yield, what they're really saying, what they're really saying is we refuse to put the American people first and we refuse to solve the American people's problem because it gets in the way of their politics. We have to have this discussion. We have to have the discussion about Medicare. We have to have a discussion about Social Security. We have to have a conversation about taxes. We have to have a bigger conversation about spending because we're actually bringing in more taxes than we ever have. And we're still over a trillion behind every single year and counting. So let's not refuse to have the conversation and refuse to solve the problem. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.